It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this Tuesday. This will be my last program for a few days as uh, I take off for uh, one of my famous uh, train trips. Um, I asked um, Garrett if you wanted to come on the train trip and uh, found it too boring, right? Uh, going from Los Angeles. Uh, that's quite the trip, right. Roger. I mean, my God, right. that's a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. You, you enjoy your train. So. I do. I like looking out the window. I, um, I like, uh, I like, but uh, when, I'm not going to take time away. I'll be gone. Uh, I'll be back on Monday. And uh, my last live program with a live council member. I'm not quite sure how long he's going to be alive. <laughs> but, uh, well, Maybe some people might wish less, but yeah, yeah I'm still well, alive. So. Welcome to the show. Hey, we're going to begin, though. Um, uh, you know, usually I get right into, uh, you know, what do you think the most important the thing that was going on at the council meeting? But I, I, I do uh, want to get into this. this I, would, I would say this uh, very uncomfortable um, uh, exchange between you and Steve D'Agostino last night and um, you know I'm drawing my own opinions about uh, what it's all about um, and maybe um, uh, maybe you can put it into perspective uh, for for us are you, are you uh, antagonizing the man? Uh, we'll begin uh, this is what they call a loaded question are you picking on Steve D'Agostino what is going on please well, some people might see it that way, but I see it as the, uh, me trying to do the job that I was elected to do. You know, uh, I think some people might misunderstand the difference between the city council and the administration at certain times. And, you know, we certainly agree to work together, and I think we're doing that. But we, you know, can agree to disagree. I mean, there are some actions, especially in the last, you know, year or so that Public Works has, has taken on that I disagree with. I mean, one of them being the homeless encampment destruction, which I was vehemently opposed to, and uh, also with the DEM violation of the discharge into the water. You know, so it's going to get a little contested at, at certain times. And I think one of the issues is when you have somebody from the private sector come into the public sector, they got to realize that it's not like running your own personal business. You know, this is, this is the people's money. So even though the, the city council sets a budget and says, okay, Public Works, you get this amount of money, and Planning Department, you get this amount of money. That money is still overseen by the City Council. So, therefore, we're entitled to reports on, on the finances. We're entitled to reports on monthly activities. And some people feel like they don't have to do that at all. Some people just feel like they can come to a meeting and talk for 20 minutes. Uh, and some people actually do it on time and, and then that we appreciate because it's not just for us, too. Like I said, I mean, we represent the people. So when there's things that come up, you know, I had a very simple bid re request. I mean, obviously, the, the wetland restoration near the bypass, which was the area that was disturbed on state property instead of city property, um, I, I asked for a copy of the bids. And I, it wasn't my intention to spin it or release it to the news or do a press conference or anything like that. I mean, I had people that were asking me how much it was and, and who, who, who were the bidders, and I felt they were entitled to that information. 
And that doesn't mean that you come to a meeting and you read it off of a piece of paper. It means that you present it to people. You you send it to the city council members so that they can distribute it to the public, whoever wants to see it. I mean, I think all those bids, quite frankly, should be published, uh, available online on on the website. So you can go on there and you can see who the bidders were and how much each one was. You know, there's no reason why that can't be done, Roger. And that's the issue that I've had with some of the administration where... They feel like it's they're running their own private business or their own private department when really that is overseen by the city council as well, too, as well as the administration. What about the charge of um, of uh, going uh, around the director and uh, maybe going to somebody on a lower level? Uh, is there any uh, credibility uh, to that? And Mr. Beauchamp, the council president, seemed to say, well... You gotta go right to the department head uh, because it's in the charter. I never saw it in the charter, but what do I know? <laughs> so I don't think that is in the city charter. I mean, I'd have to double check and see if it is in there, but I, I doubt it. You know, and it wasn't meant to be disrespectful. I mean, it's actually meant to be more respectful, in, in my opinion, because I would hope that the public works director has more important things to do than to give bids to to the, a city council member. You know, that's obviously done within the finance department. I mean, nobody puts out bids except for them. Uh, they're the ones that publish it. They're the ones that collect them. Uh, so that's what that was my request. You know, I mean, we we hired Christine Chamberlain as the enterprise fund administrator. And I was told that she was going to oversee public works, you know, projects and things like that. So that was that was my intent to to ask somebody who had it accessible and had it available to send to me. And um, I ended up getting that email forwarded to people. And I don't know how people feel entitled to forward people's emails whenever they feel like it. But anyway, that's fine. Um, and then I get a nasty email from from some somebody that is supposed to be working for the city, you know. So, uh, that, and that's the issue that I have. It's just like just communicate with us and just tell us what the information that we need, and it makes things a lot easier on everybody. When I was doing my homework over the weekend, looking over the docket, I uh, saw the thing on the docket from uh, Mr. D'Agostino on wetlands restoration, and and you had a an exchange on that, but I didn't know anything about any wetlands being disturbed uh, in the first place. So maybe you could double back on this whole issue and uh, fill me in because uh, first time I ever heard about it. Okay. Um, so obviously it was very public about the uh, homeless encampment that was on, along the bypass. I mean, many people knew that they were there and that's why the city council uh, is working aggressively with the social service agencies to try to find some options for, uh, you know, housing, uh, supportive housing, so that people can get into shelters, but also get the services that are associated with that. Um, so we're not in, in favor of what happened that, that day, which was the destruction of that encampment on state property. Um, and DEM ended up obviously having some requirements as to how to restore the property after it was um I don't know what you want to call it. They don't like the word destruction, so I'll call did it Did we you know, bulldoze or, or, uh, or, or what, what did we do to the property and can identify where it is? What did we do to the property that we have to have a DEM well, come in and tell us to restore the wetlands? Yeah, it was definitely cleared out. I mean, there was some removal of some... Uh, you know, b- belongings there, um, as well as uh, some of the nature and n- natural settings there. So that's what we have to restore it's back to uh, back to its original condition, maybe even better. But I don't, I'm not sure exactly. But you know, the issue is that 
again, this wasn't communicated to us. You know, we always talk about, you know, come and talk to us. Well, nobody came and talked to us about this. And, you know, when I got notice of it, I actually went down and I said, you know, guys, what are you doing? You know, and I get in trouble with the director that I'm doing something illegal, that I shouldn't be speaking to a city employee. I mean, I can speak to whatever city employee I want. You know, that's that's my job. I mean, you know, and, and I'm not trying to supersede anybody or whatever. I was trying to get information as to what was going on. And obviously it was important information that I was trying to relay to the authorities to, to stop what was going on. And now taxpayers have to pay $13,000. And we're very lucky it's only $13,000 uh, because it could have been a very much more. There were three other bids that were much higher. So, I mean, I guess we get away with it or something. But, you know, to me, I still feel like the taxpayer should have paid zero. I mean, because it was unnecessary. If you just work with the people that are doing this on a day-to-day basis. I mean, the city of Woonsocket doesn't do home- homelessness uh, advocacy and support. You know, that's that's something that other agencies do and have experience and have funding to do it. So bring them in. Work, work with them. And, and come up with a solution instead of doing things like this that get us into even more bigger, bigger issues. So now I know why I do this show uh, and have a council member on the day after the council meeting because if you just look at the docket it's Dag- D'Agostino speaking and wetlands restoration slash bids and you really have no idea what that no means. idea what <laughs> so i'm going to summarize now what i think it is so the day that we remove the encampment of the homeless um unfortunately at the same time we did some damage and dem said uh, that is uh, to the natural habitat there you have to restore it and it costs us third $13,000 and will cost us $13,000 to do it. Yeah. In addition to all the bad publicity we got on the yeah, on that day. Like I said, you know, and there was a way of doing that with, uh, you know, contacting the agencies, finding them shelter, not just a, a bed in, in Cranston, you know, like I, I'm talking about actually uh, actually finding them supportive housing so that they don't need that encampment site. I mean, we're working very hard to get the Dignity Bus here in Woonsocket. That's another option that we have. Uh, that hopefully it can happen so that we, people don't have to live outside um, and also get the services that they need. But, yes, so this whole thing could have been avoided if it was done in a different way. Okay, so um, I think we've uh, covered a few things uh, that uh, um, happened at the council meeting. We're going to cover another item right now. You're just joining us. What we do is we have these uh, council meetings twice a month, uh, most of the time, and we have seven council members. And we ask the seven council members to rotate and come on the program and give us um, some background on what happened at the meeting the night before. In the rotation, Garrett Manseri, who's next? Uh, do you remember who's coming up uh, next uh, in two weeks uh, from now? Or is that should uh, be Scott McGee? So Scott McGee. right after Manseri. So we're okay, back we're doing it alphabetically. Yeah. Yes. All right. Now here's an email from the listener and one of the questions I had asked plan to ask you, and you started this discussion last night, too. But apparently uh, this uh, person is not a fan of David Susie. All right. Okay. Hey, Booch, what's David Susie's problem with not getting a monthly financial report? He's been sleeping and just woke up. This is not a new issue. He never said squat for the last two years when Jim Canoyo was bringing up the issue to the council meeting every other week. So, but, um, uh, I did find um, Mr. Susie's remarks so interesting that I used them as a soundbite this morning. <laughs> so, so yes, um, uh, I was, uh, and he was quite articulate about uh, about the subject. But of course, who started all the trouble in the first place? It was you again, right? <laughs> right. You bring up the. Why do you need a monthly financial report? Right? Can't you just trust them to do their job? 
What is wrong with you? Well, you know, we I think the city council is pretty united on the on this. We might split on certain things, but I think we're all united in the fact that we need monthly financial reports and we need them on time. You know, we're still missing about seven or eight months of 2022. We don't have a, a year end report uh, as well, too. Um, and we also haven't received enterprise fund, uh, you know, and that is the water and sewer fund that people, everybody pays into the ratepayers pay into that. And um, as I said at the meeting, you know, the reason why I put that on and that make sure that we have that going forward is we have some big projects in, in, you know, in, in, in mind. And it's extremely important that we get this financial information. And I don't, I don't understand the idea that there is somehow, you know, more important things to do. I mean, to me, there's nothing more important in, in finance. You should be tracking the numbers. You should be knowing what the numbers are. Not not once a month, but every single day. I mean, you should know what the funding of is, is you know, of every single account. Uh, same as every director. I mean, if I was running a department, I would I would want to know what my what my fund balance is at least on a weekly basis, so I knew you know how I was spending money and what I needed to do to save money or generate more money. I mean, you know, that that's an important part of running any department. So. There's, there's this idea that it's like you know too much work and and we can't do it and it's it's too too burdensome. But to me and, and to I think many other other council members, that's the most important thing that you do, and and you need to know that information because that's how you run the city properly and financially. And and like I said before, you know we don't just pass a budget and then it's yours to spend forever. You know we still oversee it. We can still add money to it. We can subtract money to it. I mean, at every single meeting, we can transfer money. So it's extremely important that the city council has the has these reports that mandated by state law, by city charter, by city code of ordinances. I mean, what what more what, what more law do, do you need to follow? Yeah. So every single law is there to to say that it has to happen. So obviously, it must be important. Are you sure you're not violating the city charter by asking for those financial reports? I'm fairly certain of that, Roger. So I'm not a lawyer, but I can pretty much guarantee that it uh, it ensures that. So you sure? Yeah. Okay. Even way back when it was created, it was important. So all right. So um, so uh, Mr. Susie, you and pretty much uh, I think Mr. Thompson too. I, I think that everybody's looking for those financial reports. So finally, on this, so what is the problem? I mean, we have. Um, we have a new finance director, but she was the assistant finance director. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they're saying I'm three weeks on the job. Um, um, where are those Where are those uh, reports? Do you think they exist and they're just not being released? What's the deal? Well, I think we have to have a work session about the about the reports because obviously there's some miscommunication as to what's expected <coughs> and what's, what's being given. And, you know, I tried to get some more information on the, on the last financial report. And I realized that the new finance director is new, but like you said, she's worked in the department before. She's certainly familiar with how, how to go about doing that job. Um, and also, the last report was done by Christine Chamberlain, who has done the reports, you know, all, all along. Um, and, um, and it was actually, the report was actually printed almost two days before it was submitted to the city clerk. So, you know, there's something going on there that I can't really figure out. So I think we just need to have a work session about uh, the financial reports and just figure out what, what, what really is the issue and how can we do it in a more timely and efficient way. 
Darren Manseri is with us. We'll be back after a few commercials. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats and cheeses, and of course our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available. And Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. All right. And my idea of a salad bar at uh, Savini's Pomodoro is I go there and I get uh, a few uh, few shreds of lettuce and then... Uh, 429 pepperoncinis, and then I put a little dressing on it. I love those pepperoncinis. Anyway, uh, two things on Zavini's. Uh, tonight is uh, half-price wine night on Tuesdays. We open at 4 o'clock at Savini's Pomodoro. A bottle of wine, $30, is $15, and so on and so forth. And a nice wine list to go along with it, too. One of our uh, favorite stops, Savini's Pomodoro. What else did I want to tell you about Savini's Pomodoro that... Uh, I had in mind. Uh, let me look at the. Um, let me look at my little cheat uh, cheat sheet. Tuesdays. Um, well, I can't think of it right now. Uh, but um, when I think of it, I'll get back to it. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar open at four later today. Let's check in with this guy. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right, and um, Scott McGee uh, has uh, listings all over the greater Woonsocket area. The problem with uh, today's listing is, can I find it in my listing book here? All right. I hope Scott McGee is more organized than I am. Uh, uh, anyway, he's got a nice uh, piece of property somewhere here in the Woonsocket area that I uh, I found, and um, give me just give me like uh, five or six more seconds. If I can't find it, I'll just move on to my next commercial, and then I will backtrack on it. All right? Yeah, I can't find it right now. One more commercial. I'll go looking uh, for it, and uh, that is from Community Care Alliance. They are looking, looking for help. At Community Care Alliance, our 500 employees are passionate about strengthening lives. Right now, we have job openings that give you the opportunity to build a stronger community with us. We hire every level in multiple disciplines. We offer competitive salaries, a comprehensive benefit package, including generous vacation, sick time, holidays, and competitive medical and dental coverage. Find out more at www.communitycareri.org or by calling 401-235-7458. Your life experience could contribute to the riches and qualities of care that we provide. All right, now I'm officially ready for the Scott McGee commercial. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Okay, uh, I've got it right in front of me, and um, uh, they don't make them like this anymore. We're at 55 William Street 
In North Smithfield, we're looking at three ninety nine nine. And uh, this, uh, where is William Street uh, in North Smithfield? Well, it's right off of Providence Street. And then you, uh, when you come off of Providence Street, you you take a a right onto um, I call that Smithfield Road, and then it's the first left. And um, this is a, a one owner home that they built themselves. And has been well maintained over the years and located at the end of a dead end street. And it's very close to all the city conveniences, but it's uh, country living. The main level has three generous sized bedrooms along with full bathroom, living room, kitchen breezeway and closed sunroom. Upstairs you'll find a converted attic and two additional bedrooms and a half bathroom. Partially finished lower level. Uh, with a built-in bar. There's a lot of nice little amenities to this piece of property. And to see it, give Scott McGee a call at 639-2906. 639-2906 and ask him about the house that Roger was talking about when he finally found it. At 55 William Street in North Smithfield. All right, let's get back to the Upfront program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, Garrett, another Hey Booch uh, email, but before I read it, uh, what about uh, something that you want to talk about? I kind of monopolized it with um, little curiosities of mine. Uh, uh, you, take, you can take a subject and I'll get to the email, which sure. has to do with gravel, golden gravel, as okay. he calls it. Okay. Uh, so I want to talk about the ordinance that was uh, tabled for a work, work session, which is the Woonsocket Means Business Program uh, for Small Businesses, and that's something that a few council members and myself um, wanted to put forward. As, as you know, we've been spending a good amount of the opera funds. Everything has to be allocated by the end of next year. And um, m- many business owners reached out to me and said, you know, I think we need to have some kind of uh, program for the for the businesses that were affected. I mean, let's face it, you know, when you're talking about, you know, opera funds, they really are meant to reverse the effects of COVID-19, you know, and it's nice to buy a sign and do all these nice things. Um <coughs> But it really, that's not really relevant to the impact that people felt. And especially, I feel, you know, for the business owners, you know, we were told that this was going to be uh, a two-week pause and that everything was just going to shut down for two weeks and that was going to be the end of it. And for a lot of businesses, especially retail businesses, I mean, this was, this was devastating to them. I mean, they were, you know, just starting to get things going. You know, we saw a lot of the storefronts get filled up. And um, it was really devastating to take that away from them and to put in these kind of restrictions that really made people change their whole mentality as to how they did business, you know. And I think so many people now get things delivered to their home and they've just changed their way of life, especially for gyms, restaurants, that kind of thing. Um, So I really felt it was important that we, before we spend all this money and don't give any money to the businesses, I felt like it was important to at least allocate this amount of money so that we could help the businesses that are, that are here that, that stuck it out and stayed true to us, you know, and there's so many small business owners, you know, my uncle used to be one of them and I would see them work week after week after week and not take a paycheck, you know, and, and I really feel for them uh, that we wanted to kind of support them and, and help them out because there was a lot of people that were fortunate enough to be able to work from home and keep things going and keep their income strong and that's great for them. Um, and it was great for the large companies that could adapt to that and that, that kind of thing. But a lot of these mom and pop shops, 
they really needed the help. So that's why I'm hopeful that we can have this work session relatively soon and we can allocate some money so that people can not have a million freaking applications and you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I mean, a lot of people just got frustrated and couldn't apply for a lot of these grant programs that were just so time-consuming and, and, and need, needless, you know, to, to have all that red tape, as, as the mayor said at the meeting. So hopefully we can come up with a simple, easy program that people can get reimbursed uh, and, and at least feel some effects of it. During that time period, we were giving away advertising here at the radio station mm-hmm. um, because you couldn't sell it. Yeah, you know, people had uh, less disposable right. income to spend on advertising. Yeah, and we also saw uh, some. And I, what, this is leading to a question of how who's going to administer this. Mm-hmm. We also saw the SBA blow it, as far as I was concerned. The Small Business Administration they did a lousy job. They awarded, uh, you know, you can't in a million years explain to me why Wright's Chicken Farm uh, got over $5 million in <laughs> in funds. Yeah. Never in a million years. Yeah. And another thing is, you can't explain to me why somebody on Carrington Avenue that didn't exist as a business mm-hmm. got a million dollars. Yeah. You know, there were people making believe they were businesses and the the tracking of uh, who these people were was so bad. Um, matter of fact, there, there was one on Hamlet Avenue. Uh, it was the hut. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a um, hut that this, the school department has. Um, what do you call that thing um, on, in front of the middle school? It's a small little building there. Somebody used that as an address anyway <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for a loan and got it. $54,000, yeah. you know. So now back to this uh, fund here. Yes, um, and very few Woonsocket small businesses were on the list of getting funds. So who's going to administer this? Who now? You know who would be be the judge of four thousand dollars going well, to ABC Hardware? So I think it's important that we have um, an, admin, an <coughs> upper administrator review the applications, but then I also wanted city council approval, and I did that because it was seven people to decide. I think it's always a little nerve-wracking to put put that on one person and to put all that responsibility on one person to decide because you know i mean everybody has connections and that kind of thing so i think it's more fair to have seven people decide okay this business deserves this amount and this business deserves that amount so obviously there would be come before the council and we would amend and, and add and subtract as, as we go until the fund runs out were they was there any pushback on this uh this uh, idea everybody is supportive of of the idea i didn't hear anybody say that they didn't want to do the program didn't want to support the small businesses but i think they want to flesh out the details of the program before it uh before it gets passed with the with the funding so all right so more to come on this one after the workshop yes yes hey booch Writes our emailer, the city is making $50,000 a week on golden gravel, as he calls it. This guy is not a fan of the Cass Park project, I have to tell you that, all right? Are you a fan of the project? I think in the long run, people will see the benefits of it. I, I can Are you a you. fan of the project, though? Well, I, I, support, the, I support the concept of uh-huh. it, yes. Okay. And- <clears throat> so he goes on to say, how many truckloads of gravel will it take? To get to five million dollars, so, so based on as the kinds it takes, <laughs> <laughs> so based on the kinds of numbers that uh, Mr. D'Agostino was talking about with gravel and the sale of loom and stuff like that, um, have you did any projections in your mind of what, uh, and then uh, take away the expenses of what kind of uh, net dollars this could all bring us? 
So the way that I look at this issue is um, it's something that basically, you know, if you support the, the concept, right, if you support the idea of moving the athletic fields to Cass Park, which I do, I think it's better for the athletes. I think it's better for the community to have it available and accessible. And, you know, I, I go around and I visit other sports complexes around the area because my nephews play soccer and, and baseball and different sports. So I see different um different facilities and I know when socket is not adequate to what other communities have and I think I think that's a disadvantage to some of the athletes especially the ones that rely on scholarships uh, to go on to college and go on to other careers um, I think it's important to keep the kids engaged in school to have those other activities to keep them keep them going um, so I, I see this as something that basically this this material had to get either taken out or moved someplace else anyway so why not sell it you know, whatever, whatever we can get is what we can get. That, that's the way I like at it. You know, I'm not in the gravel business. I'm not in that, that particular type of business. So I have to rely on the experts as, as to how much we can get and how much we can sell. Um, but the way, the way that I look at it anyway, that area had to be leveled in order to have those facilities there. I mean, we're trying to do as many fields as, as we can possibly do to satisfy the school department's needs. Um, so it's something that had to be done. And the way I look at it, whatever we can get is what we can get. And it's less money that we have to spend from the ARPA funds to finish the project. So that's the way that I look at it. I have been reprimanded by John Ward. All right, John. Yeah, John says, come on, Roger. I discussed this at the April 3rd council meeting referring to restoration funds. Garrett is right. We should be getting... um, uh, we should be getting anything we ask for, and immediately, period. Same as I do whenever a Lincoln Council member asks anything of me. No delay, no 10 days, no treatment as a public record request. Just an immediate response. And Mr. Ward um, uh, copies and pastes uh, the docket from uh, the April 3rd meeting addressing (laughs) the removal of the homeless encampment and a complaint and bid on wetlands restoration. I apologize, Mr. Ward. I do not want to get in trouble with the Ward family. It's not a good thing. Just a slight misstep, yes. Yes, that's not good. All right, we have some callers. Ready to do that? Sure. All right. Um, so, did you answer the question how much money uh, we, we we could get out of that project, or did you say the way I look at it? Uh, that's well, the what we we're doing the first allocation now, and then we're going to reassess the the area and see if we can get even more. So, I, I don't want to to say the final number. Uh-huh. Um, I just want to wait to see once we get rid of all the product, then we'll, we'll we can release how much money we got. A uh, couple of questions. All right, we'll take question number one or comment number one. What did you like to comment on? Go ahead. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning, Garrett. Good morning. Hey, you, you've won a supporter here. Um, so, so I do have a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got a copy of the uh, City of Woodsocket, Rhode Island, report to taxpayers on current proposed budget. Now, if I'm, I'm hoping I'm reading this right, but it's saying here fringe benefits are going up $2 million. <laughs> and, and there's things that are important that are going down. What could be $2 million worth of fringe benefits? Thank you for your question. You're on the air, sir. Go ahead. 
So、um, I'd have to do more research to answer that exactly, but、um, I can just say that that might be a result of union negotiations,、uh, which are ongoing.、Um, so, I mean, like uniforms and、um, well, sometimes, yeah, some, some、um, yeah, stuff that benefits can be more expensive.、Yeah. Um, if you take on additional staff, then you know, your benefits will be more costly. You know? So that's why we really have to assess what the staffing level should be. And that's why you, know, you might want to do some more you know, consultants as opposed to employees because you don't have to pay those benefits. So, that's something that we have to take a look at as to how much we can afford to、uh, take on additional staff and additional、uh, union benefits. And to our caller, there's、uh, going to be an opportunity to、uh, find out exactly what fringe benefits mean s because、uh, there is a public hearing on this.、Uh, you tabled the budget、uh, um, yes. because、uh, you, you're going to have a chance to、uh, go over it.、Um, well, tell、so、us about that process. I can tell you that the public hearing is scheduled、uh, from May 31st in Harris Hall. Um, so, that if anybody would like to te- come down and testify, that would be the date. I saw the ad in the paper, so I wasn't, I wasn't told about it, but I saw the ad in the paper. So, if anybody wants to come and testify for the public hearing in person, you can do it May 31st. But you can always email and call your city council members.、Um, there will be copies of the budget available、uh, to, to view in the finance department in, in maybe like a, a week or so,、um, as well as、um, uh, available online to, to look through. All right, so what's the mechanism of this public hearing?、Uh, back to our caller who said,、uh, I want to know about the fringe benefits. Would she be able to ask a question? And, and the, does the question go to the administration present or is the council present? Who's there? So both, both will be present.、Um, obviously, that's more geared towards the administration since they're the ones that、um, put that number in there. I mean, this is just the mayor's proposal, it's not the city council's budget. So、um, that's why、uh, the people are able to ask questions about that. And then、um, we will vote on it at a later meeting, more, probably, more, most likely the second、uh, meeting in June when all seven mem- members can be there. Will the council be present at that May 31st Thursday night meeting? It should be. I,、uh-huh. I will be there. I'm not sure、uh-huh. if every single member will be there. but we And can you、to. interact with、uh, Will people be able to ask a question on microphone, the public? Well, you can.、Uh, just keep in mind that the city council, th- this is not our budget. This is not our、mm-hmm. proposal.、Right. So we probably won't be answering questions about the actual budget proposal. But yeah. All right. But, but、uh, caller could ask who would the caller, if she appeared at the meeting on the 31st, Who would that question be directed to? Who would be sitting up there? Would the mayor be、I'm、sitting、sure、up the, there, the finance director? I'm sure the mayor would direct that to the finance director more than likely to answer that question. Next caller. Hello. What would you like to ask Mr. Manseri? Hello. Good morning. Two questions.、Yep. So, first off, I guess, not a question, but congratulations. I guess I saw the Grossmart Rhode Island Award went to the Watsaka Downtown Collaborative. So, that's pretty cool. Thank you.、Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The other thing is, the, we're, we're protest season is here. So,、uh, you know, I think we're going to see people with their signs going out protesting. And I know the,、uh, the prior council was, I, I, don't, I don't know, I, almost placing restrictions on what, what people could, what these protesters would say, and also placing more、uh, undue restrictions on where they could. For example, Market Square, which is pretty much. Built for protests. I mean, it's a parking lot, but there's a whole area for congregating. So、mm-hmm. I was very disappointed in the prior council and also the, the mayor for really try to, kind of almost,、um, what's the word, admonishing these people for coming in and asking for permits. Now, are these people right about everything? Absolutely not. Do these people always project accurate information? Absolutely not.、Mm-hmm. But、um, 
they have the right. Well, I don't care if it's pro Trump. I don't care if it's pro Biden. I don't care if it's pro whatever. You can you could you have a right to protest in this in this country. Mm-hmm. What so. is your vision? What what do you, what do you see coming down the road? Go ahead. Thanks. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, well, you know, anybody can come in and, and ask for uh, use of property. And I think, you know, I, I don't think the city council has ever denied somebody the use of property. But the caller is right that anybody can just show up and, and have a protest, have a rally. You know, I always find it interesting that, like, you know, whenever we have Autumn Fest and a festival that we have to pay for this excessive amount of police detail. But yet you, you we could have an Autumn Fest protest and, and it would be free. <laughs> so I always thought that was interesting. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, not, I'm never opposed to anybody speaking out. I mean, I would obviously shun any kind of protest about, you know, hate speech and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I think it's a good thing that people will speak out and, and you participate in the local government. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid of repercussions, but... For me personally, I mean, I I never take it personally. Whenever somebody disagrees with something that I that I do, I always look at it and say, well, maybe you know, did I do something wrong? You know, how can I learn? How can I be a better representative of the people if the people are speaking out against something that I did? You know, so I I don't get offended by by that. Um, and I think if we had that, then I think more people would be willing to participate in, in local government as well too. Good morning, Roger and Garrett writes. Uh, caller, did you know there was supposed to be a dignity bus, dignity bus, parked behind Our Lady Queen of Modest, now Holy Trinity, but plans have changed, question mark. We'll get to that in a moment. Thank you, Garrett, for speaking up for the taxpayers. Long live the Second Amendment. Final words, perhaps your council president should consider studying up on the Woonsocket City Charter. Just saying, says Sandra. All right, what about the dignity bus over at um, Holy Trinity. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, so that is still under under works. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out with the state. So the city has to decide how we're going to move forward on it, if we can move forward on it. Uh, but it's something that I certainly support. It would some, be something that would add an additional 20 uh, beds uh, to be able to sleep overnight. It's not something that people would hang out and all, all day long. It's, it's some, simply meant to sleep overnight, which I think is really important since a lot of places uh, that are available during the day close down at night. Um, and obviously, it's not so much of a concern right now that we're going into summer. But I really want to get a permanent solution to have enough beds, not only for the unhoused as well, too. But, you know, it could be used in an emergency if there was a fire in a building and we don't have time to, you know, get hotel rooms or spend money on that. You know, so it could be used for that purpose as well, too. Um, and I really think it's something that could be beneficial. So it's unfortunate that the state had too much bureaucracy to get it through. But the city will work to see if we can make it happen just on ourselves. So is a dignity bus uh, a camper, so to speak? I mean, with all kinds of, you know, facilities. It doesn't have any much bells and whistles, Roger, because you kind of cram mm-hmm. uh, 20 beds onto, onto the facility. But So it's basically like bunk-style bu- bunk beds. Um, and um, I believe there should be a bathroom on there as well, too. But mm-hmm. it's basically a refurbished bu- bus that's turned into a shelter. And how did Holy Trinity get into the picture here? It, it was scheduled to go there, but isn't going there? They, uh, they have agreed to house the bus overnight. So that's why it's a possible location. So it is a possible location. <clears throat> All right. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I think uh, that's good enough. Let me go to another. Uh, we have caller waiting, but emails are coming in. Do you want to mention anything while I... Uh, Search for the next email. 
So I'll just speak briefly, too, about the tangible tax bill, uh, which is something that we all supported, which was great to see. Um, it's something that was submitted by Senator Murray on the Senate side and Brendan Vos from Cumberland. Uh, and this would exempt tangible taxes for small businesses up to $100,000, and the state would reimburse the cities and towns. And that's, I think, a great thing. I mean, tangible tax to me is the worst tax that we could ever do. You know, you're basically saying we want you to come to Rhode Island, we want you to be in business, and we want you to, we're going to tax you on your profits of the business, but we're also going to tax you on the, on the equipment and, and assets that you have, which is like, you know, how can you even be in business if you don't have any equipment or assets? So, I always hated that tax the most, so I'm very happy to see that happen, and hopefully, eventually, we could just get rid of it altogether. So I'm very excited, excited to see that. One of our listeners say, I couldn't believe when Mr. D'Agostino told you, you basically, it's none of your business, Garrett, what he spends <laughs> on his budget. Remember, Mr. D'Agostino, you work for the taxpayers. Good job, Garrett. Please keep up the good work, signs Gary. All right. So um, thank you for your email. I think we explained that, so yep. we're good. Yeah. Hello there. What <clears throat> would you like to ask Mr. Garrett Mansuri? How you doing today, Booch? Uh, hello, Garrett. I, I just Booch. To, I don't know. I'm Mr. Bouchard. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Booch. Yeah, Mr. Booch. <laughs> is that is that that'll, that'll be my term of uh, endearment and respect for you. I'll call you Mr. Booch. Oh, okay. I, I accept. Go ahead. Hey, Garrett. I just want to say you better be careful. Uh, because it seems like that you may be bucking the the administration a little bit and asking too many questions. So remember that big black bus that the team was all driving around on on election day, going from poll place to poll place. Mm-hmm. You better watch out when you when you're crossing the street because that bus might be ready to back up over you, and the mayor will be driving it. So be careful there. Well, I don't think we let her drive the bus. So I think Scott Scott McGee normally drives the bus, and I don't think he'll hit me. So we're we're good friends. So we're I, think we're, I think we're good. So, so you may be safe. <laughs> there on that one, okay? But I just want to remind you, you said that all of that gravel and all of that dirt, it all needed to go. Uh, Actually, you know, there was a 2017 plan that was already approved to accomplish 99% of what we're trying to do right now without destroying the park, chopping down all those trees, and going digging for an undetermined amount of gravel. So there was a plan there to accomplish all of that. I didn't know if you forgot, but I just wanted to remind the callers that this all could have been done without chopping down that hill and potentially spreading the stink from the poop plant all over the neighborhood. So those are my comments for today. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, can you give us a, uh, your version of the status of the... Uh, we have two two facilities there on Cumberland Hill Road. We have uh, Jacob's, uh, the wastewater treatment plant by the river, and then a little bit... Uh, Closer to the road, we have Cinegro. Uh, I guess you'd say they don't bake cupcakes there, building. Um, Which is owned by the city, but right. operated by them, yes. Yep. So what do you think the status report was last night? Were you encouraged by it? Uh, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm never encouraged when it comes to this topic. Um, you know, it's something that really just... Uh, beyond upsets me. I mean, and it's not, it's not ever going to be a perfect situation as long as we keep it there, which I'm not in favor of, uh, obviously. But, you know, I, I was at a local business uh, just this weekend, and I had people coming in and out of that business in the area, and they said, oh, it smells so bad, it stinks so bad. And it just, you know, it just irritates me. It's just like, I don't, I, I'll, I'll never understand 
and I understand like it's it's money and it's you know whatever. And, and I know some politicians will do anything for money, and that's fine. But for me, this is something that never, ever, ever, ever should have been in Woonsocket. I mean, we just don't have the land uh, capacity for this. We don't have the buffer needed to be around residential areas or commercial areas. Quite frankly, you know, and I've said publicly many times that it shouldn't be there and it should be in a more rural setting that isn't upsetting to the na- local neighbors. So for me, I can't wait to do the review of the contract and f- try to find some other ways of going about this and finding a more productive way of dealing with this issue uh, than to have an incinerator in the middle of our city, which I think is just is just terrible. And I just can't wait for it to find a better, a better way forward. So... Uh, this is a um, process uh, in the making, I guess you'd say, huh? I guess, yeah. John Ward uh, sends me um, uh, another one here. It's interesting. Uh, um, he's working from home, and uh, and I was a little bit distracted, uh, I have to admit, uh, Garrett, a few seconds ago, because what I was doing was I was reading the Lincoln Financial Report mm-hmm. for the month of April. And what John said here, just for the record, uh, let me go back to it. Just for the record, the council should be receiving monthly paid bills report. I just ran the April report for the town of Lincoln from my home and attached it here. It took about one minute to produce, yet our city finance staff hasn't produced one in many months. And I, and, and then I, I clicked on to it, and it was pages and pages and pages of, uh, of um, I guess, information. And I guess that's the kind of thing that you're looking for and still not getting, huh? Well, it's something that we're going to discuss at the work session. Like, like I said, you know, obviously this is something that Councilman Ward does on a regular basis, so he's much more familiar with that process than I am. But, and, and quite frankly, I mean, and I had this conversation with him as well too, you know, I mean, why can't it be a situation where if the city council needs to go into the system and check a fund balance, why can't we do that ourselves? I mean, to me, that would alleviate a lot of the stress on, on the, on the staff for department heads and council members uh, to be able to go into the system and see what's available in each, in each particular line item. So that's a discussion we can have about how, how we can have the software to to be able to do that, uh, to, number one, be uh, keep everybody more informed, and two, to have people do even less work. You know, So we, we want to make it simple and easy for people. We think it is, but we just have to have a, a work session to go over the details of it. Open later today at 4, Ceros. Ceros says, let's be happy again, Wednesday through Sunday with our appetizer and drink specials till 5 p.m. $6 appetizers including chicken tenders. $6 well drinks including our tequila margaritas. Oh, that's my favorite. $6 sangria specials and daily draft specials at Zero's. And then there's our lunch specials served Wednesday through Sunday starting at noontime. Pick a sandwich, pick a soup, and the price is $10.99. Specialty sandwich combos, pick a sandwich, pick a side, only $12.99. Zeros, downtown Woonsocket. Let's be happy again at Zeros of Woonsocket. Patio open for the summer. The other day I was at the honey shop on Park Avenue. Stopped in to see what was going on there. And uh, what a beautiful gift shop that is. And if you're looking for a nice item for somebody who uh, may be uh, graduating or somebody who's celebrating an anniversary, um, as a lot of people did. My brother just celebrated uh, his wedding anniversary with his beautiful bride, Nancy. Um, I didn't get him a gift. I should have, I guess. Come that was on, your, yeah, your I, brother. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. on. I have to think about that. Congratulations. All right. Anyway, congratulations. If you um, need a, a nice uh, or want to pick out a nice gift for somebody, come on over to the honey shop. You'll, you'll love our food, too. 
we have uh, gourmet gift baskets um, with um, not only food in them. Uh, we have some nice jams and jellies, uh, but uh, we also have um, honey. After all, we are the honey shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And uh, we are the place where all the workshops are taking place. Come on in and enjoy the uh, nice-looking uh, uh, layout of our um, our business at 1300 Park Avenue, the honey shop. One more ad, and then... And then we'll get back. Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. All right, the Roast House lunch and menu is being served today from 1130 until 3 o'clock. That's on a Monday through Saturday basis. Including the buffalo chicken strips and fries at $9.99. It's our famous all white meat uh, chicken strips and lightly breaded and flash fried and tossed with the sauce of your choice. Along with our great fries, $9.99. Just one of the menu items for lunch at uh, the Roast House in Blackstone, Massachusetts. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Hey, let's get back to our mission here on the program, review what happened at the city council meeting. We jumped around to a whole bunch of topics. I think uh, Garrett's going to review a few other things that we might have missed. So the rest of the agenda, um, all of it, which I was a co-sponsor, but the first one was a resolution to support uh, going out to bid for a real estate brokerage firm to sell and and purchase property. And I really feel like that's important. I mean, the city obviously has, you know, full-time staff that have, you know, all the other responsibilities. And I feel as, you know, I do it for a living. Scott McGee does it for a living. You know, I think that we have trained other professionals that can do it for us and and do a great job for us. So... Heck, a table for a work session, which hopefully we can have soon. Also, um, we withdrew the resolution to complete inspections at 181 Cumberland Street, but obviously the city has agreed to purchase that, and we feel very strongly that uh, there should be inspections being done. Um, even if we can't get out of the contract, it's so important that we know the information. Um, so I really wish that that had gone a different way, but it is what it is, and we bought a building for $750,000, so uh, we have to at least do the inspections and make sure that we you know, uh, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of there. As well as, um, we also had a lot of discussion about a facility report of municipal buildings. And a lot of pushback. <laughs> so, well, they did. administration did agree to give us a list of all the buildings that we have and uh, we have plans for. And I think they were all in support of the idea. It's just a question of how are we going to do it and how are we going to actually know what the repairs are and how much they cost. Because I think that's important. I mean, there was some pushback that, you know, it might have a violation and we shouldn't know about it. I mean, I think we should know about it because we're the city and we're, these are our buildings. And if there are violations, then I want to know about them and how we are going to fund them. And even if we don't fund them this year, when are we going to fund them? Are we going to fund them next year or the year after that? So I think we need a much more a detailed. <laughs> I like to sell some buildings. I don't know. But we keep on buying more. So I don't know. I'm trying. But, um, you know, so that's why I think we need to just do this report. I mean, I'm very passionate about the senior center. And, and I want to make sure that that gets renovated to the necessity. I mean... 
and, and I go and I talk to the people on a regular basis and they are thrilled to see that we are finally buying some kitchen equipment but to me that's just the tip of the iceberg as to what we need to do there as well as City Hall you know we had we uh, Roger just the other day we had somebody resign because they couldn't work in that health in, in, in environment you know so that that's a problem I mean that's a huge problem and I think it's something that we need to address and see what needs to get done I don't think we can just you know put in some new windows and put up some new paint and call it a call it a day I mean let's find out what exactly each building needs so that we can address it and and find find the funding to to, to do something about it you know so that that's that's the reason about it it's not to get anybody it's not to spin it's not to play a game i mean for god's sakes i mean I've, i don't have any time to, to play games you know so i'm just trying to get information to the people i want to fit this one in here sure. we've got two real estate guys on the council and i know it's terrible to say that maybe the previous administration's council did a good thing hiring a real estate guy to sell the middle school and stuff like that is this a good idea and uh, do we have uh, support, and are we going to do it? Are we going to hire a professional to get rid of some of those buildings? I think we will. I mean, obviously, when somebody hires an agent, and I'll give you one example, which was the middle school, where if the city tries to sell it on their own with no marketing and no advertising, we got $400,000. But then when you put it out, out to bid with a broker, we got a million dollars, you know? So, and that property could have been renovated a long, long time ago if we had done that sooner. So, you know, that that's the issue. I mean, let's, let's just give it to the professional. Let them let them run with it, and let's do it. Could you remember? Uh, give me a remembrance. I couldn't think of it. Nobody around here could remember. Who was the guy that we hired before? Do you remember his name? Michael Elves from Keller Williams. All right. Thank you very much. Hey, a pleasure having you here. We'll uh, talk next time. All right. Thank you so much, Roger. Have a good trip. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now let's get back to the panel. WNRI Winsocket. We win.